Hi guys, welcome to On The DL with Dak and Lamb. We're here to show you the practical approach to health and fitness. Hey guys, um, and welcome to another episode. Uh, today, we want to talk to you about the pros and cons of uh, tracking your macros in MyFitnessPal. Um, you know, for me personally, I've tracked macros for, God, uh, like maybe 10 years, I think now, if I look back on it, maybe nine. Um, yeah. uh, and it's gone through like different stages of tracking as well. Like I, you know, when I first started, you know, I was religious with it. You know, I was very, I would say obsessive, um, you know, looking back on it um, and I got what I want out of it. I was able to get a really lean physique, um, but now where I'm at with my education and everything like that around it, looking back on it, it was, it was a lot, you know, um, for me personally, the obsession with my fitness power and those numbers uh, kind of took me the other way. You know, I was definitely going off plan, like, uh, you know, and it would be like destroying myself off plan. Whereas <laughs> now it's a little bit more balanced. Um, but I know, you know, Len and I are a little bit different because I've solely, you know, done my fitness pal uh, with a little bit of meal plans, you know, for the last 10 years, whereas Len has gone a little of a different approach. Yeah. Um, I reckon people have to earn if it fits your macros. <laughs> I'm all Which for I agree it. with. Yeah, I'm all for if it fits your macros, but I think you need the education before you do it. Because um, if you go into if it fits your macros first, you will inevitably focus on macronutrients, which means that you have a tendency to forget about micronutrients, the food quality, um, nutrient density, all of those sorts of things. Which It's a great place to start. That's it. So when you when you go into if it fits your macros before you've been taught about food in general, the numbers are all you know, which there's nothing you can do about that, right? Like there is nothing else represented on there. It's not teaching you anything other than how to count your calories, your protein, fats and carbs. So yeah. that means that you are solely focused on those things, which means that the numbers are something that you are likely to become obsessive about. And unfortunately, you're likely to believe that they're finite, right? You're likely to believe that the numbers are the numbers and there's nothing outside of that. But yeah. you and I had this conversation very early on in our, <laughs> in our relationship and I said to you, this will probably make you feel really uncomfortable, but did you know that not every gram of carbohydrates is four calories per gram? Not every gram of fat is nine calories per gram and not every gram of protein is four calories per gram. So what you're tracking is an average, but you're trying to chase an exact number, even though you're not tracking an exact number. <laughs> yeah. Which like, sounds so backwards. Uh, <laughs> and, and that would probably freak out a lot of people because they're like, what do you mean? Like, and like, I think a large part of our job is trying to convince people that you, you don't actually have to be perfect to get the goal. Yeah. It's re-educating. It's saying, okay, everything has its limits. So whether you track by following a plan, by mm -hmm. if it fits your macros, whatever your form of controlling your caloric intake or controlling your macronutrient intake it will always be an average. I've said it a thousand yeah. times before, but I always use this example. If you take 10 pieces of chicken breast that are all 100 grams exactly, they will all have slightly different caloric contents. The reason yeah. they have different caloric contents is one might have an extra gram of fat, the other might yeah. have an extra gram of protein. 
So no matter how you go about tracking and measuring, you are always going to be measuring an average. So consistent. Not every chicken is the same. That's you know? right. Yeah. Because some, some run a little track. faster. Some, <laughs> some are jacked. Some are fat and sit there for ages. Like, I mean, it's exactly the same as people. You know, you could get you could get four different people who are always 60 kilos and they're going to look completely different. I mean, you know, exactly. it's the same. Completely. It's exactly the same if you tracked a human in my fitness pal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. And depending on where, you know, um, things grow, they'll have different nutrients, yeah. so on and so forth. So we've come to this place with If It Fits Your Macros where we've tried to make something that is definitely not specific, overly yeah. specific. So it's important yeah. and empowering to teach people. It's probably both. It's probably empowering and terrifying <laughs> Same time yeah. I guess learn. you could go the other way, right? Like you could go, oh, well, nothing makes sense anymore. Everything is meaningless. Exactly. And we're not at all trying to teach people that. What no. we're trying to say is your average intake matters. Your yeah. average protein intake matters. Your average, you know, caloric yeah. intake matters. But what we are also saying is that if you go over your carbohydrates by 10 grams and under your fats by 5 grams, that will not screw you up for the week. It also won't matter if it goes the other way around. The other way, yeah. (laughs) The overall average will be good enough. And I think think, uh, obviously teaching that, that it's more so the average and not perfection, I think that kind of helps with the obsession as well. Completely. Then you're not fixated on those numbers, making sure those numbers are perfect every day because, I mean, life happens. And, you know, we've definitely had clients who, you know, uh, are over or under by 10 grams or five grams and they just beat themselves up. Then you get to the end of the day and you make it, yeah, you're making like weird meal concoctions to hit these exact macros, like five (laughs) grams of fat. I'll just have some peanut butter. Like I think you can definitely take it too far and that obsession, like it's, I mean, of course you're going to be obsessed, right? Uh, You're focusing on the numbers. That's it. And there, there is a higher prevalence of eating disorders in people who track, but we don't know if that goes one way or the other. We don't know if they already had those tendencies and then tracking oh, just made it worse yeah. or vice versa. We just know the two go together. And that yeah. makes sense because most people with eating disorders are looking for a way to control something. If a fist yeah. macros is a really good way of okay. controlling something. So yeah. it does make sense. But you touched on a really good point there that we've actually talked about before, which is when people go into if it fits your macros, the goal is to remove restriction, right? The goal is to say you can eat anything as long as it fits into your macros. But then what do you do at the end of the day with your leftover macros? You cram in food you don't even enjoy because it's yeah. what's left and it's what fits. And this is where I think that whole concept of it's not a restrictive diet if you're on it, yeah. if it's your macros, is a little bit skewed. Because isn't mm. that restrictive? Yeah, that's completely restrictive. It restricts your calories and it restricts your macronutrient intake. So, of course, it's restricted. <laughs> it's just not restricting a food group or restricting da 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 But I think that's the negative connotation that comes along with um, meal plans is people think that they are innately restrictive. 
most people haven't seen my meal plans, which are 14 pages long and have every food on there. But (laughs) nonetheless, people do sort of think meal plan, okay, I'll have two options for every meal and that's all I'm allowed to eat. And demonized, hey. Really demonized. I've seen that just, it's very, very new on social media and on Instagram and stuff, but I've really seen meal plans be really demonized. And I think it just comes down to the education and how you view it. I think they're great for you know, like you would, you would agree, like they're great for teaching people about food over the numbers, you know, uh, obviously, and somebody who writes good meal plans, um, you know, isn't going to give you meals you don't like, or one meal for the rest of your bloody life. Like there's going to be balance, there's going to be communication. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know where the demonization came from. I think it did come from the whole cookie cutter approach, right? So people handing out a meal plan that you know, breakfast is two egg whites and 20 grams of avocado. (laughs) Yeah. And a hundred grams of spinach. Of course, no one's looking forward to that every day of their life. No. What a meal plan has to look like, you know, it doesn't have to be chicken, broccoli and brown rice to be a meal plan. And that's definitely where the negativity I think started from. But what I've always found in my experience because, you know, you and I, like, we sit down with our clients. We talk about what they want before yeah. we plan together. It's not just, here you go, here's what I've given to everyone else. Yeah. So I'll sit down, discuss with them what they like, what they don't like, food sensitivities, this, that, and the next thing. And I'll give them both what they want, but also what they yeah. need. Because they probably haven't been eating all the things they needed. Otherwise, they haven't come. Why would they come? Why why are they there? Exactly. So sometimes it's necessary to eliminate a food group or to reduce a food group because someone has a sensitivity. Shouldn't be the first point of call. But you go there if you need to. If I have someone who has gluten um, issues processing gluten, I'm not going to give them toast for breakfast pasta for lunch and then you know yeah. whatever for dinner you're gonna everything that's it you're gonna think about it process it and yeah. make personalize it exactly right so yeah. meal plans can be incredibly useful but I can see where they get their negative side from but don't you reckon food plans that are well developed actually get you to try more foods than you would on if it fits your macros because if it's macros you tend to go back to the same things because it's easier to track right it's easy it's easy you know you like it you're less inclined to try meals that you haven't before like you're just going to make whatever's there whatever's easy Um, and then you obviously focus on the numbers again like I I think meal plans are great I don't think you need to do a meal plan for the rest of your life like I mean that should be the transition right like you should start if you're someone who has low education in regards to nutrition doesn't know what micronutrients are doesn't really understand the process of it or the science behind it like Meal plans are great for you to not only try different ingredients, different meal selections, um, but also it educates you, you know, like people, I find meal plans are great to kind of help the fear of some foods, you know, like if you see one meal that's like a spaghetti and it has pasta and then another meal that has rice in it, you're like, how... How do, how do they match up, you know? That's so I think right. that education helps. Um, but I think, you know, it's great because you can literally use that education to create a meal plan in my fitness pal that suits you, you know? Um, and I think that's, well, preparation, right? Yeah. So you're learning what works for your body through more structure or more, um, more structure, more education, more guidance. Yeah. 
once you have that structure, that education and guidance, you can work within that structure to build something that's more sustainable long-term for you. Yeah. So I reckon meal plans as a starting point are freaking phenomenal. And some yeah. people, they're the best thing long-term. Other yeah. people move on to, if it fits your macros, intuitive eating, whatever else. And that's yeah. 100% fine. But going into tracking macros before you've learned anything else will nine yeah. times out of 10 really pigeonhole your like really it'll bring down your idea of nutrition to a very mm. simple set of numbers which just yeah. doesn't do it justice right and also it can be de- demotivating right so if you've got so if we have a client come on right the education level super duper low and you're like, here's your macros, here's your protein, fats, and carbs target, and your fiber target, and sodium, like wh- whatever you want to do, uh, go nuts. And then yeah. a week later, you check in with them, like, hey, how you doing? It's like, hey, listen, <laughs> um, well, I didn't hit anything because I have no education. And you're like, oh, just eat more protein. It's like, what's protein? Like, yeah. it's 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 demotivating because they don't know. They don't know, right? Like, and it, you just waste their time, waste your time, waste their money. Like there needs to be, well, I mean, in any coaching, if, if it is to do with coaching, there needs to be education. There needs to be some substance. Absolutely. Like you can't just give people numbers and be like, yeah. catcher. It's lazy like, man's coaching, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. See you later. Good, good luck with that. That's good luck with it. the protein. Like, you don't want to waste your time, especially if you're sitting down, you know, for half an hour a day in my fitness pal, trying to put together some meals. Like if you have the base basic education of what protein, fats and carbs in and how to construct a meal, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. But also you need to be prepared, like prepared so that you can sit down and actually plan it rather than trying to t- chase your tail through the day as well. Yeah. And the truth is you can tick off your macronutrients without eating a whole lot of, of micronutrients as well, which is the other risk, right? Yeah. If all you're focused on is your macronutrients, you've got a much bigger chance of having nutrient deficiencies because you're not yeah. going to be thinking about food combinations, what you need to include to make sure you tick all of the micronutrient boxes like we need our b vitamins to be able to metabolize carbs proteins and fats so if we're not getting adequate amounts of those we're not going to use them anyway so why you know (laughs) but i think it looks it looks really simple on paper like it really does like you you log into my fitness pal and you're like yep i can fucking do this hugely appealing from a um from a simplicity perspective until the cracks start to show. So by no means, so Dax definitely being pro if it fits your macros your whole life, but your, your view on it has changed recently. I've always been of the mindset that if it fits your macros doesn't suit everybody because some people really just don't thrive on it, not because they couldn't, but because it's not their preference. And that should be perfectly fine. If they don't want to, if they run a multi, multi-million dollar company and they don't have time to track their macros, I'm okay with that. Just follow your plan, send it off to a yeah. meal prep company and get it sorted. Yeah. Yeah. So simplify it, follow that for yourself. For people who want to do if it fits your macros, though, like I said, I'm just very much about making sure they understand the basics before they move on to it. They need to earn the right to focus yeah. on, on their macros by learning about what they are, 
and what the micronutrients do to, to support them, you know? 100%. If, if you follow, if it fits your macros, you're not, you know, how many micronutrients are listed there? It's like just sodium, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's like, uh, you got iron, yeah, potassium, yeah. Uh, vitamin A, vitamin C. Yeah. And I think that's it. Right. And so let's put it in perspective for everyone out there. So those nutrients, one, you know, you probably don't know what any of them do if you've only been tracking if it fits your macros. You probably know that if you don't get enough iron, you're going to be tired and that's probably about it. But you also probably don't know that all of the entries that are entered from people rather than businesses don't have accurate information on any of those things. So they might say zero when they've actually got 50 milligrams. A little bit, yeah. They might say 100 milligrams when they've actually got none, which means what you're tracking is not what you're eating, right? Yeah. Also, doesn't, it doesn't account for when we're eating out and we're trying to track things that we can't possibly yeah. track accurately, right? We know that when we go out to a restaurant, we can track the main ingredients that we can see on the plate, but we don't know how much it weighs. We don't know yeah. how much oil they used. We don't know if there's butter on the bread, so on and so yeah. forth. We're just picking this thing up and putting it in our mouths, right? Yeah. So, what we're tracking versus what we're eating is going to vary and it's going to vary significantly more if more of our meals are external. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So there's just, there's just so many factors to think about when you're looking at if it fits your macros that I think it shouldn't be touted as the easy thing to do. Easier option. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you do it wrong, it's easy. Yeah. Like if you if you keep it simply to macronutrient tracking, it's fucking easy. Uh, but if you actually take the science into it and go, okay, well, I actually care about my macronutrients. I actually care about my health at a deeper level. Um, and like you said, like eating out, if you eat out once a week, it's not a, it's not a huge issue at all. Like, but uh, if you're eating out every day, also where's your money coming from? But also. <laughs> But also, like, then then you have to be smart about it because it's like uh, most people overestimate when they go out. So most people, and I am guilty of this back in the day, like, yeah. it's always better to overestimate so you undereat, so you're in a deficit, so you lose weight, right? That's but it's it. like, if you're overestimating on protein, like, you're going to undereat on protein. So where's the positive in that? Exactly. Or if you, under, if you go undervalue as well, then you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I got more food at the end of the day. <laughs> but if you're trying to lose weight, then you're like, well, why did I go? Why am I not losing weight? That's <laughs> it. So one positive can elicit one negative without you even intending it to. And that, you know, these are all genuine concerns. So what it comes down to is if you track consistently and you don't eat out too often, you'll get a pretty good balance on your macronutrients, your caloric intake, all of that sort of jazz, but you're not going to learn a huge about, amount about your nutrition and you're probably going to miscalculate some fairly important things, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of nutrition plans, if someone has set up a nutrition plan for you that is educated, they're going to be thinking about, okay, where's the nutrient? What's the nutrient density like? What foods are we combining in here to make sure that you're getting exposure to all of the amino acids? All of them. If you've got a vegetarian or a vegan client, you're going to be making sure that you've got complementary proteins in one yeah. meal so that they can perform at their best, all of these sorts of things. 
that just doesn't come into it with if it fits your macros, right? Because you don't know what the nutrient quality is. I don't know. What the protein quality is. Yeah. So, yeah, you you don't know what you should be building it together with. Like, you have no idea. You just focus on the macronutrients and and that's it. And obviously sneaking in food that you like, which is not, you know, not a bad thing. Like if you're, you know, you can have ice cream every day and be healthy or lose weight or gain weight, depending, depending on your goal. But if you're, you know, putting in ice cream or fitting in those tacos or whatever you're going to fit in (laughs) without really taking into account, like you're, you know, are you actually hitting your, what you need to in regards to minerals and micros and stuff? Like, I mean, yeah, you're going to be skinny or yeah, you're going to be jacked, but like what's going to happen in 30 years? Exactly right. And you know, your gut health, it's super dependent on the varieties that you eat and your gut health. Well, and your gut health affects your skin and your gut health affects your neurotransmitters and, you know, all of this other stuff. So it's, you know, we don't want to whittle nutrition down into these, you know, six numbers that are at the top of your MyFitnessPal page. We want you to understand that there's more to it than that and that if it fits your macros or MyFitnessPal can be a really good tool for tracking half of the equation, but it's not yeah. going to track the rest of it. The other thing that I always touch on with my clients <laughs> that always drives them a bit nuts, and this is all in a... The reason I teach people that not every gram of carbohydrates is four calories, so on and so forth, is because I want to let go of some of the control that the numbers have over them, not because I want to drive you guys nuts. But the other thing that I always teach people is your expenditure changes every single day. Your energy expenditure changes every single day. Some day. Yeah, exactly. So you're. You're doing, you know, you're picking a number and you're watching your scale weight. And if your scale weight is staying the same, then you're in maintenance. But that number is not an exact yeah. number. If you put it up 50 calories or down 50 calories, your scale weight won't move. I promise you. It's not going to move. You'll, you, your body will just adapt to that caloric change and you will be totally fine either way. So what we're looking at is we're tracking an average, assuming that over the week, our energy output is also an average, right? So some days we're putting out more, other days we're putting out less. If you really want to get fixated on macronutrients and what they do, shouldn't you be having more of them on the days that you're more active and less of them on the days that you're less active and so on and so forth? Yeah. We can overcomplicate the crap out of this sort of jazz. Oh, yeah. If you're an elite athlete, should be caught yeah right chances are if you're an elite athlete you're paying someone to do that exactly and they're taking care of it for you they don't even know that's it and if you are not an elite athlete you need to let go of this need for control that actually builds a really negative rapport with food and your body and so on and so forth because how many times when you were first tracking macro squash how many times did you think that if you ate over, you were going to wake up a kilo heavier the next day or look like shit or whatever else? 100%. Like, I, I think back to my thought process of like back then, like 10 years ago, and like I would fixate on, you know, not eating uh, a certain carbohydrate, but then I'd be okay with like having like, you know, chocolate or something like that. Like the way that your mind works is so fucking stupid. Like you just like, you fixate on one thing, but allow yourself to do another, which is the same fucking thing. Like it's, 
it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense whatsoever um and i think i think really the main the main thing that we're trying to push is that if you're gonna if you're gonna put effort into downloading my fitness pal hiring a coach or you know getting a program training and trying to change your aesthetic whether you're trying to gain or lose weight uh, I think you just need to put some effort into actually learning something like, you know, do you want to sign up with a coach or download an app and do one thing for six to 12 months and come out of it with no knowledge or, you know, no, no drive to improve on that? Like you yeah. need do the you education. Wanna, do you want to track your macros for a year? Look freaking amazing, but be sad all the time and constipated because you don't know any better yeah. about the health side of things. You don't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's yeah. We want to see everyone move towards balance. We want to see food relationships improve, food understanding improve. We don't want people to be terrified to go out for dinner. We don't want people to look at that social side of it. We want you to understand that there's pros and cons to every single approach and you just need to figure out which approach works best for you and the one that works best for you is the one you can be consistent with. Yes. Every everyone's journey is different, you know. Um, just because somebody you idolize or somebody look you look up to does it that way, doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Uh, doesn't mean you have to make it work for you. You know, you can't just square in a circle. Like you got to find the way that uh, motivates you and drives you, but also uh, helps you mentally. If it's a if it's a negative impact on your life, why why do it? And you, you know? just won't, will you? Like you'll do it for a long and then you'll be screwed yeah. That's and then it. you're fucked yeah so yeah. basically Dak and Lan say build a better relationship with food and get yourself educated <laughs> then track your macros <laughs> thank you for watching guys uh, hopefully you learned something um if you know if you have a journey that's similar to ours or you want to share on your own personal experience in this area, like shoot us a DM like or comment below. Um, we'd love to hear your history with MyFitnessPal as well. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks for watching, guys. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.